What is up, everyone? Welcome to episode 17 of the podcast, Going Strong. When I think of the number 17, I think of Lance Nix. Isn't that crazy? That's a name that probably not a lot of people uh, know about. That's a horrible thing to think of. (laughs) Number 17? Yeah. What do you think of when you hear number 17? Dude, I think of... This is extremely (laughs) random, but you stick with me here. So I had this, like little like nascar toy thing when i was a kid is it matt kenseth let's go the wall car or whatever let's go dude that's that's so that's so funny that you say that because that's seriously something that i was thinking of too um speaking of which i'm very salty that nascar is like under a red flag right now but i'm gonna let everyone know i've lived my entire life being the underdog so i am ready i'm here for it Thank you, Rowdy, for being here in the chat, Boxberger season, and whoever else is in here, what is up? Much love, uh, keeping it real on our Sunday night podcast. Uh, we got a we got a lot uh, to talk about as we go through the through the games and stuff like that. But I need to flip over to uh, my game. That might help. So what? The, here's how this is working out. So for those who have been here uh, for quite a bit of time you know that Noah and I have been going around the diamond giving our top players at each position so what we're doing today it's Noah versus me and we are using our top player at that specific position now obviously you can see on my screen my managed squad that I do not have Mike Trout I know Mike Trout is the GOAT but I can't afford him and (laughs) I'm not going to spend money on him so if we don't have a player then we just use the next best player. So that's why you see Alex Bregman is at third base for me, and Cody Bellinger is my center fielder. Uh, but Noah, do you want to run through your team real quick just to tell us who you're going to be starting in this extravaganza? Yeah, so to quickly run through, so I go catcher, infield, outfield. So Grandall at catcher, Olsen at first, Ketel Marte second, Lindor uh, shortstop, Rendon at third, and then uh, left to right in the outfield, Soto, Trout, and Betts. Um, I did realize when I was making this team that EJ had actually stepped in for the third base uh, episode, if you guys were here for that. EJ, if you're in here, thanks for stepping in for that. But so I'm just going with Rendon. I don't, I'm not going to make a claim as a third base champion for Rendon or Arenado because I haven't looked at the numbers or anything, but I'll ro- roll with, it, with Rendon today because I don't even have or can't afford Arenado anyways because <laughs> the market's insane. So what about Matt Chapman? What, what about Matt Chapman? Yeah, well, I mean, he's fine, but he's not better than Rendon or Arenado, so. <laughs> Facts, okay, that's that's fine. You don't really seem uh, all that enthused like you were as we started out the podcast. You okay? I'm doing great, man. I'm just ready to get down to business, you know? Oh, ready are you? put the hurting on you. Oh, uh, okay. And I think Noah's going to be pitching Garrett Cole as well because that yeah. is probably. I'm throwing Scherzer. Oh, you're throwing Scherzer. Okay, my bad. That's right. You're throwing Scherzer. Thanks for following Chalk Talk oh, Nation. Oh, well, guess the alert boxes Say less. are not off. Dang it, that's my fault. But thank you to whoever followed. <laughs> I do not have it pulled up right now. <laughs> but for me, here's what I have. I have Alex Bregman at third, Francisco Lindor at short, Cattell Marte at second base, uh, Freddie Freeman at first base, JT Romudo behind the dish. And then in the outfield left to right, we have Juan Soto, Cody Bellinger, and Christian Yelich. Now I have Jacob deGrom on the bump. And I, I do want to reiterate this too. Um... For those that are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, I highly recommend watching this video or this podcast 
when it's on YouTube because you'll be able to see everything. You know, we have the Twitch live stream, which is great. But if you really want to visualize and see, you know, what we're playing and stuff like that, what's going on, I highly recommend that. Um, but we're going to be playing on Legend. And this is the first time in a while I've played it will be the show. And we all know how it treats me. So I have a quarter here, okay? Yep. So I'll let you call it in the air. Tails. It is tails. Would you like to be home or away? I'll, I'll take home. So Ooh. go ahead and send you the. Uh... Yeah, go ahead and send me the invite. So you're gonna be. Remember, we play in legend. Quick counts off. Strike zone on. Hot zones do you off. Want personalized or perfect umpire oh, accuracy. Personalized. Let's let's get to the nitty gritty. Let's. I want to see some hands being thrown. Right. Put put a hat on Rob. I take back what I said. <laughs> wow. I would, but I have too much hair. None of my hats fit. But okay, so here we go. This is this is gonna be good. This is gonna be good. I'm I'm really excited. I'm gonna lay the hurt down on Noah here. Yeah, I right. can't wait to get mercy in three innings. Oh, uh, really that's exactly what he says. My confidence. Guarantee he hits a home run first at bat. But man, it has been. Oh my gosh, let me guess. I know where we're gonna play. Oh, okay, cool. I'm not going to do that to your room. I won't go ship it. Thank you. Oh, I didn't forgot to set my lineup. Uh-oh. So we're going to go Cattell Marte at number one. We'll go Bregman second. Uh, Bellinger, obviously third. It's riveting content for the channel right here. It really is. You love to hear it. It's just unprofessional, really. Really? Um, is it? Right. We'll go Freddie Freeman fourth. Uh, Wow. Okay, this is going to be insane. I have so many lefties in this lineup. Oh, my gosh. Dude, big yikes. Okay, we're just going to go with it. <laughs> anyway, but, dude, this has been a crazy week of baseball. We've had the MLB draft and how uh, they adapted to the changes. There's only five rounds. And I'm not going to lie. I actually kind of liked it. It kind of gave it that football feel, right? Like, you get really hyped for these certain picks, but... What were some of the picks that you really like from the MLB draft, Noah? Uh, well, I do want to first say, I mean, it's bogus, it's five rounds, but it was kind it of is. Cool yeah. the whole thing got to be televised. That was something that, you know, we don't usually get. Like, obviously, we get the first round the first day, and then the second round through, like, the fifth round the second day, and then usually there's, like, the next 35 rounds aren't even televised or anything like that. So it's cool to see that. Um, as far as guys, I really liked – I mean, I knew a lot more about the guys that the Reds went and picked up, so I really liked Austin Hendrick in the first round for the Reds. But I think that maybe the surprise was that um, – and I'm forgetting the guy's name. I think it's Austin Martin felt a five for the, uh, yeah. for the Blue Jays to snatch up. That seemed kind of like a steal oh. as far as value went there. And you have to think of how young that like that core is in that franchise. Like their, their infield is pretty much already solidified except for first base, really. But if Vlad puts on some more pounds, he, you know, maybe he shades over to first base, and Austin Martin just slides right in at third in a couple of years, you know. But it seems like he could also dabble out there in the outfield, as we know. Okay, I really need to dial in here. <laughs> I've taken four swings, <laughs> all misses so far. Um, yeah, but I do like, like I, I know that there have been some people that have ripped on the Orioles for taking Hessen Kerstad at two, just because. A lot of people went into this thinking that Austin Martin was going to be the guy at two for sure. But honestly, the way that you know he projects being the best power bat out of college in this draft, a good lefty swing, and he's going to the the swing's going to play in Camden Yards is basically what it comes down to. 
being a college bat, it's not going to take him as long to develop either. So he'll be a guy that can get to the majors a little bit quicker to help, you know, kind of boost them into where they're not losing 110 games a year. So as far as the Orioles did getting Adley last year and then picking up Heston this year, I think it's pretty good, uh, pretty good dealings by them. I tell you, one of the guys that I really like oh that fell to 18 to the Arizona Diamondbacks is Bryce Jarvis. Yes, he's a from pitcher Duke? Out, of, out of Duke. Yeah, yeah dude. If you haven't seen, oh, that guy's nasty. Listening, uh, go on Twitter and just look up his name, or go on YouTube or something and just look up highlights of that dude. It looks like he's just throwing a wiffle ball when he's on the mound. It's insane. <coughs> well, that was a quick one, two, three inning. Jeez. No, but my for me, I think there are. I think it's obvious the Tigers had a tremendous draft. You know, Spencer Torkelson and Dylan Dingler from Ohio State, too, one of the best catchers in the draft. There was a lot of catchers drafted in the first round, dude. Like, And I think yep. there's like three out of high school, which is insane. Um, but I think the Tigers had a really good draft. But I I really, really, really liked the Indians draft, to be honest with you. I really did. Um, Carson Tucker, I think he's special, one of the most special players out of high school. I liked him a lot, and the Tanner Burns pick was huge because mm-hmm. right there in the compensatory round, um, well, they were the last pick in the compensatory round, I believe, or the second to last because the Rays had the last pick, and I was like, okay, Tanner Burns hasn't been picked as, or hasn't been chosen yet, and if he falls to the Rays, I am going to be upset. <laughs> yeah. And I'm glad the Indians picked him up, and it's a it's a good snack for him. You know, they really don't have a lot of – strong talent in their minor league system mm-hmm, right yeah it gives them a, a chance to kind of retool especially because like you trade away Corey Kluber last year you expect to get a lot back and then you get Emmanuel Clace who gets injured and then gets suspended for uh PD usage so and that was kind of their big get as far as that went because they kind of blew that Kluber trade if we're really being honest they didn't get a whole lot back and so that kind of this gives them a different opportunity to kind of refill their their uh minor league system especially because it kind of seems like here in the next year or two they're going to go into rebuild mode because it doesn't really seem like they want to pay Lindor they've already let some guys walk here in the last year or two as well instead of paying them so it kind of seems like that's the direction they're headed right and and by the way uh I do well I guess this is kind of a that's a bad time to talk about it I'm trying to stick with the draft here what was I think one of the worst picks though and I understand why was the Red Sox first round pick because the the player was valued at like 146, but I get it, you know, you're right. it's it's a low risk thing, but still, it's like you only have five rounds, and they have new, I guess they don't really have a general manager yet. How do you feel about the Red Sox and their draft? I mean, it, it seems I don't want to say they punted because it's not like they were picking in like the top five, but it didn't really seem like the best move to me. But at the same time, maybe they felt that he's a guy that can develop, and they were just. I mean, it, scouting's kind of a crapshoot anyways when it really comes down to it. I mean, you look at guys that get taken first first pick, first overall, they don't always pan out. You look at Mark Appel and, like, Brady Aiken, those guys are out of baseball. So you never really know. Um, obviously, I think it's a stretch. He seems like a guy that would have definitely been there in, like, the second round. But at the end of the day, if they saw something in him and maybe he pans out, then good on them. I mean, most, most draft picks don't necessarily pan out anyways. So <laughs> it's, not, it's not really, like, a huge deal for them to take him there, but... It's uh, I don't know. It was definitely interesting. Uh oh, there's a bit. What? The hell is that? Not a base hit. Uh, anyway, uh, I'll tell you what though. I saw this from Jeff Passan today on Twitter, and I or 
I don't know if it was today or yesterday, but it's absolutely ridiculous. And I think it's one of the worst moves for high schoolers to do. Um, high schoolers signing free agent contracts for $20,000. Dude, that is awful because you have to think, for one, that's that's really hard to live on just in one year alone for a lot of people. But if you try to span that over a couple years, especially with right now, it just does not seem like that's the right move. I mean, what do you think about that? No, I definitely. If you're gonna if you're gonna sign for twenty thousand, you might as well just go overseas and sign with like the NPB or the KBO, <laughs> and just make money for a year or two. Because yeah. I mean, you're looking at guys that are potentially like let's say six round talent guys. Those guys are gonna sign for twenty thousand now instead of signing for a hundred thousand or a hundred fifty thousand like they would have last year for the signing bonus at that draft slot. So. I think that, hmm. I mean, they're just at a huge disadvantage. You'd probably be better off either just going back to school or just going overseas and playing for a year or two. And I think that's a route that we're probably going to see a lot of players do this year just because, I mean, $20,000 is really not all that much. And, you know, it's $20,000 signing bonus, and then you live on right now nothing because of what the MLB minor leaguers are getting paid anyways. So it's just not really a good situation to be going into the league right now. No, it's really not. And to – kind of finagle and work around those high scores to make it seem like hey it's okay like hey play professional ball it's like mm, come on now uh you know what i'm not even mad at that it's my boy is it going uh, foul is it going that's dumb <coughs> well one nothing the kentucky squirrels are losing one nothing to the wisconsin utter tuggers <laughs> yeah i'll tell you what though that uh <laughs> that snapchat video that I recorded of you hitting a walk-off home run in ranked seasons coming back after losing. That was insane. Or yep. maybe it was BR. It was in, it was in BR. That was absolutely insane, though. This is where yeah, the If you're not already, what is that? Snapchat. He's got some nice behind-the-scenes content from time to time. Jeez. But yeah, man. I mean, there, there's just been so much going on across all types of levels of baseball. I know... Uh, you actually started. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? I know it's exciting. Ohio, finally, uh, they're letting summer ball happen. How, how's that going? How's that working out for you? Right. So That's gone. Uh, That's gone. Is that good now? I am so mad. Let's go. Up 3 nothing early. That's how we like to do things here. Uh, but, yeah, so I started my internship with the Kentucky Bis uh, Prep Baseball Report. And it's a little bit misleading because Kentucky's not even starting baseball right now. And they've still got – about another week to 10 days before they're even allowed to do that. And so <laughs> I actually went up. Come on, Angel Hernandez. Where is that? I went up to uh, Ohio at Midland Baseball Complex. If you're from this area, you've probably heard of them, especially if you played uh, Little League Baseball. You've probably gotten beat by them because they just turn, <laughs> turn out pros like it's nothing. But Griffey we Jr., there, Larkin, right, they Larkin, all played. All, all those guys. Um, but I went up there and we tested out the uh, TrackMan equipment and got to watch some, some players hit as well as pitch. I think we only got to watch one pitcher and it's a Vandy commit and then got to see some hitters, a lot of the guys on the Midland team as well as a couple college guys and then uh, a few minor leaguers and then the one pro Come that was there on, was Luke Maley. So it was kind of cool to get to see him play, although he's really not much of a hitter. Let's go. Oh, come on. Where's Dude, he's got a noodle arm out there in right field. Anyway, yeah. continue. But yeah, so I mean, it was just cool to see, and so that's pretty much. I think we're gonna try to get up there at least one more time here before our first official event on the 23rd. But then 
once the 23rd rolls around, I'll be kind of traveling around a little bit. So we'll have to see how that works out with the podcast. I might be podcasting from some different locations. So that'll be something to look forward to, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool, man. That's really exciting, though, because I know you want to stay involved with baseball as best as you can. And uh, it's kind of been a kind of a great omen in a way for you to mm-hmm. be with, you know, Chalk Talk Nation and stuff like that. It's been incredible. And uh, for those who don't know, Noah does write uh, for the website. And I think he's going to be releasing his shortstop article here pretty soon. You all should definitely check that out. Okay. Yeah, I'll have um, the one on shortstops up here soon. I'll try to have the one on third baseman. So like I kind of mentioned earlier, I didn't – I wasn't here for the episode. I was sick, so I missed the third baseman episode. So uh, I'll be releasing that article hopefully sometime this week as well. And so you can finally see what my opinions are Please on third baseman. This. Please catch this. Way to be an athlete. But, uh, yeah, so be on the lookout for those two things in the, in the near future. Jeez, you're already up 4 nothing. <laughs> uh, what can I say? I guess my uh, player evaluations are just a bit better than yours as far as picking who the best guys are. Uh, I think it's user skill. <laughs> uh, let's I, go with player evaluation. I'm abysmal. Surprised you didn't meme me and have Keston here on your bench. I completely. I was. I meant to do that, and then I forgot about Ooh. it because that was totally my plan if we were gonna play last week, and I just forgot. Smell you. And now I'm really disappointed that I didn't do that. That's tough. Hate to see it. <laughs> I think we'll get by without him. Uh yeah, you probably will. Oh, yeah. Man. So was there anyone else you wanted to mention out of the draft, or are there two other guys that oh. I wanted to at least mention if? I don't know if you had anybody else as well you wanted to talk yeah, about. There's one guy I would really, really like to talk about, and it, it kind of makes sense why the uh, why Austin Martin fell the way he did. Like, yes, he's a player who should have been drafted potentially number one or two, but I also mm-hmm. see the reasoning why he was drafted at number five. Max Meyer out of Minnesota, I was really excited to see where he was going to go, and I actually predicted it, and I got it right. It's a perfect fit for the Miami Marlins. You know, small market, and the way he pitches, how he's stoic on the mound, especially, um, you know, Minnesota isn't a school really known for baseball, but he reminds me seriously just like Sonny Gray. It's insane. Mm-hmm. The same yep. height, and the dude can throw 100 miles per hour, which is harder than Sonny Gray. It's insane. I really like that pick. And then I thought it was really cool how, what was his name? Don't quote me. Was it Ed Howard? Was that his name? Are you talking about the shortstop? Yeah, who got drafted yeah. by the Cubs. Was his first name Ed? I don't think it was think Ed. So. Okay, was Is it? Ed or like Ethan maybe? Uh, it was Starts two letters. Ed. It was two letters. I think it was Ed. But I thought that was really cool. Um, that's really about it. I wasn't a big fan of the ace pick, to be honest with you. I was hoping who they were... Who did they take again? Well, did they take uh, they, the... they took the catcher, uh, the high school catcher. <clears throat> I mean, he's decent, but like... I really, really wanted Nick Lofton, mm-hmm. a middle, a guy up the middle, because that's the A's biggest weakness right now. But I guess they're going to try and stick with Jorge Mateo and whatnot. Right. But. Well, part of it, too, is you can't really and, – and that's one of the things that's really different about the MLB draft and, and the NFL draft and NBA draft is that – and that's kind of what makes it less marketable, too, in a way, is that, like, these aren't guys that are going to step in – and, and under normal circumstances, these aren't guys that are going to step in and play right away on that big league team. Mm-hmm. Now, and this is something I want to mention, especially since you brought up Max Meyer. If, since this is going to be like a 50-game season, it kind of looks at, and we'll unpack all of that later. But 
with it kind of looks like there's going to be some like travel taxi squad type of things of like 15 extra guys on the roster and so i think with that being the the plan at least as of right now you can see some guys like max meyer potentially being a guy that steps into the bullpen for the marlins right away because he's got the stuff <laughs> he's that nasty will play at the big league level especially out of the pen because then you have to think maybe if he's only throwing an inning or two he can add a mile or two to the fastball and the slider is going to look really good for an inning or two and so there are guys like that in this draft that I think definitely have a chance to impact right away at the big league level, which is kind of cool. Um, the two guys that I wanted to mention that we haven't talked about already, one of them was the Braves pick. I think he went 24th or 25th was uh, Jared Schuster. Uh, I don't know necessarily if he's going to be a guy that's going to step in right away. He's probably a few years away, but he has the most disgusting changeup I think I've ever seen in my entire life. I don't know really? if you happen to catch it when you're watching the draft. Yeah, it, I recommend oh. going and looking up. I'm going to give you the out for that because that's bogus. Thank you. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it just – it's one of those – I mean, it reminds me of Luis Castillo's changeup in the sense that it just absolutely drops off the table. Uh, and I think that, you know, he's a guy that if he can kind of work on that pitch, I'm not sure – prospectively if he's a guy that they think can stay in the rotation or if he's a guy that's going to have to move to the pen at some point. But either way, I think he's a guy that even on that pitch alone would, could probably get into the big leagues and get big league hitters out. And then the one other guy I wanted to mention just because I thought it was an interesting pick and maybe someone to keep an eye on, the Reds' fifth-round pick, actually. I think his first name's Jim, his last name's Boyle, but he actually had the hardest uh, fastball in college baseball this year at 101, and he's actually hit 102 before. And the only reason I think it's super interesting is because with the Reds going out and signing Cal Bodie and kind of partnering with Driveline and all that, really buying into that this year, he seems like a guy that can really uh, benefit from that and suddenly could blossom into a guy that's like a seventh or eighth or maybe even closer potential type guy out of the bullpen. So I think that that's kind of one of those picks that will be interesting to keep an eye on just in the sense that you can see how well what the Reds are trying to buy into works in terms of pitching development and stuff like that. Yeah, no, that's I, – I remember uh, reading something about that on – I believe – I don't know what his name is, but he shared it on Twitter. He's got like a – he's verified and whatnot. He's a Reds personnel. But I think one of the biggest winners too in the draft, if we're just talking about first rounds, are definitely the Brewers getting Garrett Mitchell. Yeah, that's UCLA. the other guy I wanted to talk about. That, is, yeah. that was a really big steal. I didn't think he was going to fall that low. Um. Oh, please get out, ball. See if I can't rob this. Oh, is it leaving? I don't think I'm gonna get there. That's the first hit of the day. Let's go. <laughs> You'd love to see it. <laughs> We're just gonna go ahead and replay this. That's that Bregman power right there, right off the top of the wall. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you think you could bang on a couple trash cans for me? Let me catch back up. No, no way. Not, not condoning cheating here. Uh, and we'll get into that later. Yeah, we'll talk. You want to talk a little bit more about Garrett Mitchell? Yeah, so, I mean, he's a guy that really has five-tool potential as a player. And I think part of the, the – there are two reasons I think that he fell as far as he did. One of them is that he has type 1 diabetes, and that's yeah. something that, you know, any sort of health concern is something that teams are going to be wary of. It's something that you can definitely play with. It's definitely manageable. One guy in the big leagues I know of off the top of my head that has it is Adam Duvall. And, I mean, he's a guy that's been a Gold Glove finalist. He's a guy that's 30 home runs in the season before. And, I mean, he's, he's a dependable – I mean, he's nothing crazy, but he's a dependable big league outfielder. And, you know, I've, there have been some times where it seems like maybe he's trailed off a little bit in the second half. Is that gone? But I might go foul. Oh, come on. But, I mean, he's a he's a, he's a a big league player. I think if he can get that out of any draft, he'd be happy with that. But 
and I, so I think that the health may have been one reason, but I mean, it wasn't enough of a concern to drop him out of the first round. And the other thing being is that every scout says that he has like plus raw power. Like he's a guy that definitely could hit 25, 30 bombs in a season. The problem is, is that he's never been able to translate that into big lead, into, into game power. So in his seasons at UCLA, I think he hit combined six home runs between two seasons. And for a guy that's supposed to have, you know, plus power that should be hitting, you know, 20 home runs at least a year, six home runs in two years combined in college baseball is not exactly something that bodes well to that. And so I think that the Brewers, if they can find a way to get him to tap into that power and allow him to start hitting that way in game, uh, then he's definitely could be the guy that you look back five years from now and go, he was definitely the steal of this draft. But I mean, it's just going to be one of those things where they have to get him to start hitting for power in games. Yeah. I mean, the dude is just, he's pretty special and I think he's one to overcome it and everything like that but still I understand the the risk and whatnot but uh, there was one other high schooler <clears throat> first of all I was really surprised of how many high schoolers were drafted out of the first round just for the simple fact they didn't even have a season this year so you're really right. just basing it off of a junior season and probably summer ball of course that's where they really get noticed but okay uh, <laughs> I was gonna drop that but what was his name? He was, he looked very, very uh, flashy. They showed him. He had red hair. He like robbed a home run. Do you know who I'm talking about? I have no idea. Oh, he was he was drafted by the Mets. He was drafted by the Mets. It was uh, he had like a dual last name or something like that. I forget his name. Oh, but it's something Crow or Crow something. Yeah, Crow Hamilton, something like that. But the, the dude was nasty. Like his stats, I was like, that was like the one high school. Where I was like, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we're talking about talking about nasty stats. Um, I can't remember who drafted him, but it was inside the top ten. They picked up Nick Gonzalez as the guy. Who went oh to my the, dude, that guy is nasty from I mean, Mexico that dude State. He almost hit like yeah, he almost hit like four hundred and like on base percentage, but like almost at five hundred. Now New Mexico State is like I guess where they play is pretty much like the cores of college, mm -hmm. and so who knows if that's actually going to pan out i think a lot of people were actually rooting like hoping that he would get drafted by the rockies just so that he could continue to play in places that were just crazy for for hitting but yeah it'll be interesting to see if he translates because i mean new mexico state isn't exactly the cream of, cream of the crop as far as um, college baseball teams go so he wasn't playing great competition and then you know if you're playing in a super hitter friendly place as well then you never really know how that's going to translate but i think he's got to keep an eye on as well well i mean uh-oh that's gone. <clears throat> but, I mean, last year they played Vanderbilt. I mean, they play some good non-conference opponents because, I mean, you kind of have to if you want to get that RPI up. But I still think he's a special player. Man, I would have loved for the <laughs> athletics to snag him up some way, somehow. But yeah. I, what team did he get drafted by? And, by the way, that guy's name was P. Crow Armstrong. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I don't remember who he got drafted by. It was within the top ten. I think he went mm -hmm. sixth or seventh. Mariners. It was the Mar Was it the Mariners? Maybe I think I it, hope not. I feel bad for him if he did. I don't know. I have to. Although that it. would be a pretty fast track to the big leagues, so it would be for sure. <laughs> yeah, when you have J.P. Crawford as your shortstop, uh, yeah, <laughs> big issues there. I don't mean to offend. I know there's Mariners fans that watch the podcast, but they really do need some help. Um, man, all my hits are just like home runs. Get out ball. Smell your ball. Wait, did you catch that? Yeah, that's that one set of improved defense we talked about on the left fielder episode. Ah, yeah. Proving that range. <laughs> Pete, Pete Crow Armstrong's mom played Billy Haywood's mom in Little Big League. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> it's a fun fact. There's a little nugget for you. 
Yeah. But one thing I wanted to talk to you about, which is really exciting for our channel, is so a couple friends, uh, high school friends. And you know how like you have those guys that you know they're they're just always going to be in that same city no matter what, just in that same neighborhood, just going to yep. stay there their entire life, which is awesome. So we used to do this thing called uh, Sandlot League where we would play with a tennis ball and we had a side yard and we had like legit sponsors, a net and everything like that, bases. We chalked it up and everything, but there's like a tree, like a big tree in the six hole. <laughs> but uh, they're doing, they're bringing back uh, their league in a tournament and it's going to be from July 10th through the 12th. And I'm going to live stream it and provide live commentary and we're going to have a scoreboard and everything. Though if you're not busy, it'd be awesome if you wanted to, to join in as well. I would say job permitting, I'm definitely down to join in, right. but off to see if I'll be out of town or not. Right, because it is a weekend, but uh, it's a, it's the Charlie Cole Memorial Tournament. So, do you remember Charlie Cole? I do not. Oh, he was the Miami Red Hawks college basketball coach, like the GOAT, like back in like 2008 and stuff like that, like in the 2000s. Mm. He like passed away in like 2014 or 15, and so every year around 4th of July, we would have a memorial tournament in his honor. And so we're kind of bringing that back. And it's going to be insane. Uh, there's going to be live stats, everything, and we're going to stream it all on Twitch. So it's going to be like legit live content, people playing baseball in a way. And you're going to get a sense of childhood back. It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, it'll be a good time. Definitely be on the lookout for that. Um, one final thing I want to mention, I think we need to talk about the biggest loser of the draft. Yes. And I don't think I'm going where you think I'm going with this. So. Okay. I want you Are to go you first. talking an actual? Well, mine's not team related, so if yours is team related, you can go ahead and go first. Oh. Um. Well, I would definitely say the Red Sox. Yeah, just I would agree with that. Fact. As far as teams go, just because, you know, they kind of. Actually, though, I I I think I take it back because one team really screwed up. Because I understand from a standpoint of why the Red Sox did what they did. But there is actually one team that really messed up in the first round, and I still don't know to this day why they drafted the person they did, and that's the San Francisco Giants. They have Joey Bart, the top catching prospect, other than Adley Rushman, in all of Major League Baseball, and they drafted a catcher in the first round. So. Okay, I strongly disagree with that being the worst thing. Like I said before, I think... In the MLB draft, you draft best available talent in your eyes. I don't think you draft for needs. Because by the time they took Patrick Bailey, right? I'm pretty sure is who they took. Uh, they didn't. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Patrick Bailey is an incredible offensive talent for a guy that's going to play the catcher position. And those are not something that you come by very often. And so anytime I... you can snag something like that, even though you've got a guy ahead of him in Joey Bart and a guy even ahead of him in Buster Posey, I mean, there's nothing to say that they can't take Patrick Bailey two years from now and trade him and pick That's up true. something else that helps them win at the time. That's a good so point. So I think That's that a good point. with the MLB draft, you just want to take the best available talent because you don't know what your roster is going to look like two, three years from now. There's nothing that says that Joey Bart might not get to the big leagues and just for some whatever reason develops the yips or something and just doesn't pan out. Just kind of like Stephen Duggar. Or maybe he has some sort of bad energy, uh, injury and something happens. So yeah. I, I think it's dangerous to draft positional needs but my loser of the draft is actually bob nightingale uh oh yeah reporter 
I don't know if you saw the tweet that he made after the Cubs picked up. Uh, they drafted the shortstop, and he made some sort of comment along the lines of basically that the Cubs were doing more. They were speaking with actions and not words. And basically, what he what he was insinuating by that tweet was that they drafted a black player just to prove that they weren't racist. And so Bob Nightingale caught a lot of flack on Twitter for that. As and he so, should, as he should have. Right. And so to me, that's the that's the loss of the draft or the biggest loser of the draft. But yeah, I'm the biggest loser of this game. My God, <laughs> Jesus. Oh, that ball's crushed. <laughs> But, no, that's, yeah, that was a big L. There's just some people that just need to avoid social media, if we're being honest. Or at least proofread to really think about what you're saying before you click the tweet button. Yeah. <laughs> and that was well, just... Well, there's, like, Bob Nightingale is notorious for making tweets that just are hor in horrible taste. Um, there's oh. actually a whole Twitter account around it. It's, like, Bob Clown and Jake. Bob Clown and Gale or something like that. Yeah. And basically all it does is just points out all the horrible things that he's tweeting. So I'd recommend going to follow that on Twitter for those of you that are listening if you think that that kind of stuff's kind of funny to just watch him be awful. But but yeah, so I think unless you've got anything else about the draft that you want to say, we can kind of move on from that. Yeah, I'm down to move on. All right, do you want to get into quickly uh, the newest possible Philadelphia Eagle or do you want to move into labor uh disputes um yeah i could talk about that real quick by the way that was all just a joke but he was joking with um what was his name something lane that they're tight in uh the the eagles tight end and it was bryce harper bryce harper was joking with with uh the eagles lineman that oh yeah if there's no baseball season yeah i'll i'll sign with the eagles with peterson and you know why not and we all know that that's just not going to happen because, you know, liability risks and whatnot. But I thought it was kind of funny, a little funny read um, at the same time. So I think it was pretty funny. I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, it's just a nice little uh, kind of transition into the fact that who knows what the deal is going to be. I mean, it's kind of one of those things where we're in the middle of June and we're having to joke about baseball players signing up to play for football teams because – there might not be a season. Okay, how come? Hold on. How come my Juan Soto can't make a defensive play? Huh? <laughs> come on now. This is that's uh, bad. He's not believing in him. Enough, score seven to two, by the way, everyone. That's bad. Yeah, if you're if you've neglected our disclaimer about watching the audio, if you're still or watching the video, watching if you're still listening on audio, it's a uh, seven to two in the bottom of the six. <sighs> but yeah, so do you want to get into <laughs> make it eight um, to two? <laughs> <clears throat> excuse me talking about uh the fact that the mlb player association is essentially just fed up with the mlb at this point dude yeah and rightfully so it, it's it's insane you know you assume the risk with when you when you're a business owner wow i literally have no like i don't have a bar anymore on my picture that's great but they just can't seem to come to an agreement and you know players want full prorated salaries and i think it was a, a great tweet that I saw with Evan Longori. You know, he says, I just want to be paid for the games that I'm out there on the field. Mm -hmm. And when it's 80% prorated, that's 80% when you're out there on the field. Like, it just doesn't – it's not fair. It doesn't make sense. And then you get taxed, and it's actually lower than that. And it's just a big mess. And at this point – and I don't know if I'm speaking for everyone, but I know I'm speaking for myself when I say this. I don't care at this point if there's a baseball season. I'm just so – done with every like it's just insane it's like 
why is this coming to the way it is? We're not having issues with the NBA. We're not having issues with NASCAR, who's... Well, I do want to pause you there. The NBA is starting to have some issues, but... Oh, okay. Never mind then. I take it all back. But still, it's like, you assume the risk. You need to pay the players. Take the hit on the one year. Right. And now it's all in Manfred's hands, evidently, which is terrifying. Oh, I know. I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like... They weren't even tr like the the MLB like the owners really weren't even trying to negotiate. I mean, they agreed back in March to a prorated salary for the games played, which seems pretty fair, especially because like they're only going to pay half a salary anyways because they're not going to play a full 162. Yeah. And then, you know, they come back, they start negotiating, and they've made the same offer four times now, and then they had the dignity they had the dignity to go out and then release a statement saying that it was the players who weren't willing to negotiate and this and that. And it's like the MLB is not even negotiating. They're just offering the same thing differently worded over and over again. And so I really commend the players on the fact that they said, you know what, we're done negotiating. You just tell us when we have to be there and we'll be there. And I, it's definitely when we get into the CBA here in 2021, it's definitely going to be really ugly. That's for sure. Yeah, it really is. Uh, just like this game. This is annoying. <laughs> Throw me a strike. Quit balls. Dude, you're up eight to two. Have some integrity, respect. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Gosh. Come on, man. Uh, full disclaimer: I am uninstalling this game after the podcast. <laughs> Think I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but no, man. We're talking about MLBPA and whatnot. But what was really really shocking to me and kind of you know twisted my stomach a little bit is the fact that Rob Manfred said 100% there's going to be a baseball season and so I'm just like um how and okay but he won't go into any detail about how that will happen <laughs> well I mean it 100% happens because it's kind of within his uh, jurisdiction to basically just force it and say hey we're gonna have a 50 game season and that's kind of like like, he really has, like, the end-all, be-all decision as to, you know, what's going to happen. And that's kind of where we've gotten at now with the players saying that they're done negotiating. It's like, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's it's in Manfred's hands now. And so, you know, we'll have to see what he ends up saying. I know that the players wanted a decision by, like, the, I think maybe, I think it might have been tomorrow. I think they said by the 15th end of the day they want to have a decision or something like that. So it'll definitely be something interesting to see. I'm sure we're going to have a lot more to talk about on next week's podcast as well because I'm sure that this is just going to get even uglier at this point. Yep, for sure. It definitely is. And, you know, when you talk about getting uglier and this and that, it's just like, oh, okay, now Bregman and Carlos Carrera coming out like, oh, is that so? Why? Because evidently now there's speculation that the Yankees have cheated. And it's just like, oh, my God, like – Maybe we just need to have, you know, a common a commonality of the fact that, okay, <coughs> multiple teams are cheating. We just need to wipe a slate and just move on at this point. It's just like, because now it's just going to, I don't even know. Because now think about how bad CC Sabathia looks in all this, in right. a way, for like calling out the Astros like, oh, you know, your pieces of scum and whatnot, like you're cheating this and that. Well, what if the Yankees were cheating now too? It's like, oh, geez. And right. so you just don't know what to believe. It just sucks. 
Right, yeah, for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, um, well, yesterday or the day before, a judge ordered for, I guess Manfred had sent some sort of letter to the Yankees or something like that, and supposedly there's some cheating allegations in that that Manfred might have just swept under the rug, and basically a judge has ordered for that to be, like, released to the public. And, I mean, I don't think it changes. I, I think my personal opinion is that there's probably a 95% chance that it's nothing serious, because I don't think if it was that serious, they would have swept it under the rug. Now, again, that's putting some faith in Rob Manfred, which I'm not sure in the, in, in these past transgressions here over the last few months, I'm not sure if I believe in that anymore, but I, I would say there's probably 90, 95% chance. It's really nothing that serious, but I mean, it doesn't change the fact that the Astros were scums and now Correa is being all high and mighty on Twitter, calling out Aaron judge and stuff like that. And it's like, dude, you still cheated and get caught and you were still a jerk about it. Like it doesn't make you look any better. No, it's just a whole messy situation. What makes me mad about the whole situation is, uh, please be a hit. Other than thank you, I finally have another. Jeez, oh Pete, it's about time, baby. It's about time. Say hey, say it too. Um, What makes me mad though is now everyone's gonna, you know, put the Astros under the rug. Like, oh, nothing really. We can move on from that because one, there's not any baseball right now, so people are forgetting about the Astros and what they did, and now. You know, you can delegate the frustration to the Red Sox and the Yankees, moving it away from the Astros, which it shouldn't be. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think it's going to get moved that far away from the Astros, though, especially because of if how we're seeing them handle it. Correa's coming out acting all high and mighty. I think that if that attitude is going to be the attitude that continues, I don't think we're going to forget about the, uh, the Astros just because people are going to look at them and be like, hey, you know, you don't really have room to talk because what you did was – I would go out on a limb and say whatever the Astros were doing is definitely way, way, way worse than what the Yankees supposedly did. I guess what we'll find out. And so I think that it was so much more extreme what the Astros did than what the Red Sox or possibly the Yankees have done. I don't think it's something that's going to be forgotten, especially because I think once baseball gets back, people are going to want to go to the Astros games just to clown the Astros. So (laughs) I don't think people are going to miss out on that opportunity. Dude, I used to love seeing the fans bang on like trash cans at spring training games and stuff that was so funny yeah we definitely deserved a full season of that and it's a shame that it's kind of being cut short no nah, it really is and that's what's it'd be awesome though if it carried over to 2021 if we even do have a season then <laughs> which i hope we do well we should well i mean i guess if they go on strike we won't but it's one of those things where we have, uh, I mean, the collective bargaining agreement, I'm pretty sure it's not until after the 2021 season. So if they're going to sit uh, out, okay. it's probably going to be 2022. Okay. Although, honestly, the way that this labor dispute's going, it wouldn't surprise me if they just sat out 2021, too, at this point. I mean, it's just, it's crazy what this is turning into. All because the owners just don't want to pay out some money that they have. They have billions of dollars. Speaking of which, since we're, since we're talking about billions of dollars, did you see that Ooh. the MLB just agreed with uh, Turner Sports on a billion-dollar deal to keep uh, to keep showing the LCS and uh, World Series or whatever on on uh, like TBS and stuff? Is the AAV a billion dollars, or is that like the overall contract for like ten years or something like that? I'm not sure. I didn't look into it. I would imagine that it's probably closer to the AAV. There's no way that. They're only getting a hundred million dollars for the entire postseason. Because so, everyone watches that. It's prime time. Because right. playoffs, football hasn't started. Basketball and hockey just started. You know, it's right. like yeah, yeah, for sure. Which I mean means that that's another uh, <clears throat> thirty-three 
million dollars to every team that can be used for contract uh, stuff. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just. All right, comeback city. Top of the ninth. I'm down eight to two. Everyone. Oh dang! I didn't even realize we're already in the ninth. I know. Game's flying by, man. Thankfully, we've hit over our talking points so far. Pretty much. But <clears throat> I'll tell you, man. I would do anything to get baseball back at this point. I just, you don't realize, seriously, how much of your life it really is. Even It's crazy just to say, even just watching it and just keeping up with the stats. It's insane. Right. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think that the only thing that's really helped with this has honestly been starting this with you and doing Chalk Talk Nation and then, you know, getting the job now with PBR. But it's yeah. just like, like, being able to take time every week to talk about sports and then you know like when we were doing the top 10 players and stuff that's kind of led to this game like i was spending multiple hours a week looking at player stats and creating evaluations and stuff like that and so like i think that that's kind of helped to keep me sane as far as with all this going on but yeah it's definitely still tough not being able to have new games to watch and stuff like that it is i'll tell you what though they were showing the uh, college world series from last year and Oh, come on. And it was awesome, man. They were showing Louisville versus Vandy, and I saw Austin Martin <laughs> hit the home run in the eighth inning to put Vandy up in that first game. It's like, mm -hmm. wow. How'd this guy not go drafted last year? Yeah. That's the crazy thing. I think it's crazy how some guys, it's, I, when you read their bias, it says, oh, drafted in the 35th round in 2017. It's like, okay, well, what happened in 2018 and 2019 or whatever? Now they're drafted in the first round. It's like, wow. Right. All right. And it's crazy how much you can grow as a player in terms of what, you know, tools and stuff like that and how marketable you are to MLB teams, just like that. And I think that might have been one of the things that uh, kind of didn't really help Austin Martin. I get that there's, like, versatility and stuff like that, but I think there were some questions where he was going to stick as far as the big leagues go. Like, if they didn't feel that he was going to be able to stick in the outfield, then he doesn't really hit for a lot of right at the home run you know, in the tournament, but he's not really known to be a power guy. And I think when you yeah. look at third base, you kind of want guys that are going to be hitting for some power and stuff like that. And I think that that might have been part of the reason that he fell was just because teams aren't sure where he's going to slot in. But, I mean, still, at five for the Blue Jays with a young core that they already have, that's a steal. It's an absolute steal. And good game, by the way. I got yeah, destroyed. Luckily, you had me in conversation because I would have been losing my mind. But that was a that was a good game. Is there anything else on your mind? Anything else that we should uh, cover? I think that at least at the top of my head, we've covered everything that I know that we wanted to cover coming into this. So I'm sure we'll be back next week with even more crazy stuff because you know we're just getting started. Since the last night was when they first said that they were done negotiating, so I'm sure that you know the owners or Manfred or someone's going to have something to say about that. I'm sure we're going to get some some great quotes here in the next couple weeks. Yeah, and. The awesome thing, though, too, is uh, wow! I just totally blanked. <laughs> I just totally blanked what I was gonna say. Wow! Don't you hate when you do that? Yeah. Um, oh, okay. I remember what I was gonna say. So it's awesome the fact that we were, that we were able to do this and whatnot. And uh, Noah and I, we we still do this um, every week as much as possible. Last week was the first time I really got to see family this whole year, so I think it was good to step away for a week and just right. kind of uh, enjoy family time and whatnot. But 
you all are making this possible. It's awesome. Just within the last 48 hours, I think, for our website, we've gotten like 10 new subscribers just to the website, which is huge because, you know, we really care about the podcast and like putting mm-hmm. content out there for you guys and whatnot. Um, it would mean a lot if you gave us constructive criticism, what you like, uh, what you don't like, maybe what you would like to see and whatnot. But we thank you all so much. And if you haven't had or been to the website yet, uh, be sure to subscribe. It's free. Uh, ChalkTalkNation.com. You can follow us on Twitter at ChalkTalkNation. And we upload our, our podcast, the video file, on YouTube. Mm. So if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you can go back and watch the game and see how bad I really did get spanked. It was pretty <laughs> embarrassing, to be honest with you. But we're used to it. That's why I was the underdog. But... Noah is another great episode, and I cannot wait to see what we have for next week, man. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a pleasure as always uh, beating you down. It's going be the show. All right, everyone. Well, I hope everyone has a great rest of your Sunday. Stay in contact with your family members and friends, and we will see you very soon. Take care. <laughs>